The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Brinson. I'm your host. Week 14, Sunday night, in the books. And I got to say, and I tweeted this. I said it in Slack, and I got a kind of good reply. I tweeted it. I got somebody's like, thanks, Captain Obvious. Week 14 was a shot of life into what it looked like was kind of setting up to be a sort of bit of a boring playoff race on both sides of the NFL. So it'd be a little bit of separation. It looked like it was, things were going to be obvious. And now with some upsets, some craziness, which we'll break down in full detail, we uh, we have a little bit of spice in the playoff race. Joining me to break it all down, Brian Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? I wouldn't call you Captain Obvious. I'd call you Private Obvious. Week 14, a lot can happen. But I, I would call you Corporal Obvious. Oh, a little higher ranked than Private. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really looking at like, I don't know, um, it's like three or four games in particular, uh, including the Sunday night game. We'll get to they're, they're just because of the outcome. It wasn't necessarily the underdog winning. It's just book, like, for instance, just the Lions beating the Vikings makes everything a little bit spicier. The Chargers beating the uh, Dolphins makes everything a little bit spicier. Jaguars beat the Titans. Everything a little bit spicier. All I'm saying. Carolina beating Seattle. Just adding a little spice, a little sprinkle. If all those games go the other way, there's a bigger gulf on both sides of the, the NFL in terms of the playoff race is what I'm saying. I agree with that. Thank you. All right. Let's get, let's hop to it. Any, uh, no, no other broad 30,000 foot viewpoints, uh, takes for you guys. Breach has one. What do you got? Breach. I, I was so fascinated cool. by everything. Brinson just said that I don't have one anymore. Okay, cool. That's typically how I do it. Shut people up just by talking excessively. Chargers. Yeah. Okay. So you know, we're going to do We're doing a different uh, format today. Actually, we're going to do uh, look at the playoff pictures as a whole, starting with the AFC. Then we'll do the NFC. Um, and then we'll do some winners and losers. If um, you have a specific question about a game, make it like say something in the chat. Billy will uh, try and uh, cue it up. Smash the like button. If we get enough likes, 
We'll give away some Paramount Plus gift cards. Free month of Paramount Plus. Perfect time to have it. Because you're heading to the playoffs. You're going to be able to stream for free on Paramount Plus. Free month. Hit the like button. Turn on alerts, too. You'll get notified when we go live after every primetime game. So, I mean, I think it's, I mean, the Dolphins are going to be the sixth seed either way, regardless of what happened on Sunday Night Football. But if the Dolphins beat the Chargers, then it it changes everything because I think the Chargers are basically done. And now with that huge win and an impressive performance by Justin Herbert and a, a very, very up and down performance by Tua Tungabailoa, the Chargers are now the seventh seed and the Dolphins are the sixth seed. And that pushes the Jets out of the playoffs. The Patriots can get to seven and six if they win on Monday night. And then you got the Jaguars and you know, I don't think the Raiders are – Yes, technically the Raiders are lingering, but after you know Thursday night, it's hard to hard to kind of take them seriously with that loss to the Rams and Cleveland and Pittsburgh technically still alive on the fringes there. I don't even know if they would be in the hunt breach. Um, but you know, do you think this Chargers team profiles as a legitimate playoff contender? The thing is that like the Chargers had the talent last year. They have the talent this year. It's just a matter of can they get all the chargering out of their system. Uh, so that they can actually make the playoffs. I mean, we're all watching this game, waiting for something to happen. Justin Herbert fumbles a freaking snap on the five-yard line that almost cost this team the game, and that's the kind of crazy stuff that always happens to the Chargers somehow. But they recovered it, so they kind of got rid of that craziness. So, yeah. I, I, they often try to give away the onside kick, too. Yeah, yes, oh yes, God, exactly. God, like, there's always some drama that doesn't need to be there with this team. Uh, and, and a lot of times it comes and bites them in the butt. So, yeah, I, I think the Chargers are one of the seven most talented teams in the AFC. So I, I do feel like from a talent perspective, they absolutely are in the right spot. I think they have a great shot of getting in. Uh, but, you know, you just can't lose dumb games, which they are known to do. It's funny you mentioned the dumb game losses because I was I, was, I heard you on HQ talking about this, right? Yeah, you're reading my mind after I said it out loud. But last week's Raiders loss, and you wonder if they're going to look back at that and go, GFC, why? Because as we sit here, they're 5-4 and four is their conference record. If they, if they had won last week against the Raiders, they would be the sixth seed with a little cushion after should the Patriots win tomorrow night because the Patriots are going to be the seventh seed if they win, and the Chargers will be on the outside looking in. And it's, as you mentioned, Breach, those stupid losses that come back to bite you and not just the Chargers, although they seem to do it more than other teams, but any team that's hovering around six or seven or eight or nine, they always there's always something you can point to as to why you did or did not make it. Um, and I'll just say this quickly about Miami, who's a sixth seed and, and is playing like a better version of the, of the Vegas Raiders, and that's it. Like Tua was up and down, as you mentioned, Brett, no doubt about it, but Tyreek was banged up. Jalen Waddle didn't get his first catch until the fourth quarter. Mike McDaniel, who I believe, what was his title with San Francisco? Uh, well, he was the off- he was run game coordinator. Then, of I, I guess you're getting to the run game point, but he was offensive coordinator. But before that, run game. Coordinator. Yes, and for some reason, he doesn't want to run the ball. And last week against the 49ers, where they when they got stopped, the defense was on the field for 84 snaps, not great. This uh, tonight, 78 snaps, also not great. So you got to figure this out if you're Mike McDaniel, and Tua does bear some of the responsibility, but I would put most of it on the coach. And if you're the Chargers, <laughs> to Breach's point, you, you got to go to church. You, you got to say something and make sure you quit charging it up over the final month of the season. Uh, yeah, agree completely. Chargers give up 5.4 yards per carry. I mean, that's tied with the Giants for worse in the NFL. Uh, the only reason that they're not dead last in terms of yards given up, uh, rushing yards given up, is that they hadn't played when these when these stats have been accrued. Uh, they, they still, you know, you look at it, 
Raheem Mostert, 11 carries, 37 yards at 3.4, but Tua ran for 9.3 on three carries. And Jeff Wilson, before he got hurt, had 6.5 yards per carry on four carries. So like the, the way to attack the Chargers is running the football. By the way, no Joey Bosa or Derwin James. What are you doing? Yeah, tough scene. And Two just to add some context to that real quick, Brinson, that five point, it's 5.43 yards per carry. It's like a, a, a smidge above the Giants. That is on track to be the most, the highest yards per carry that any team has given up in more than 60 years. Yeah. And so when you see that number as head coach, your, your your automatic thought process should be, yeah, we should probably run the ball a bunch on this team. And the Dolphins just didn't do that. So that, that's one of those teams that like, man, Wilson brought it up or you brought it up a couple weeks ago. Is how is this team going to look once December hits? And we were talking more outside, yeah. uh, but maybe it's just December, January period because they've just absolutely – uh, I don't want to say wet the bed, but that's kind of what it feels like the last two weeks. They are at the Bills on Saturday, part of the uh, triple header on Saturday, which always sneaks up on you. And you always get thrilled when you realize that you got to, I mean, not that like, watching football is fun, don't get me wrong, but three games on Saturday, excuse me, in week 15. Yeah, could live without it. Um, <laughs> Packers at home on Christmas Day at the Patriots. So two two huge division games against playoff caliber teams outdoors in the Northeast. We'll see, I mean like we'll see. I, I don't you know like you don't want to make the presumption that Miami can't win in the in the cold weather, but I mean that is when you play in Miami and you have to go north. It's just like when teams play in the Northeast and have to come to Miami in like September, you know, it is a completely different environment and it's not something that you can like easily recreate. So short week Against the Bills, massive game for the Dolphins. Do you think that Wilson? Do you think the Dolphins are end up being a like end up making the playoffs? I mean, they you know, I mean, like, I don't I don't want to I don't want to beat on them too much for these two losses, but I mean, you really need to go one and one here, especially with the remaining schedule. Well, as BMAC noted on HQ, the good news for the Chargers is that the AFC East is going to be kicking the crap out of each other for the final month of the season so you know we'll see if the chargers charger it up but if they can just find a way to approach normalcy they're actually in better shape in my eyes than miami and you wonder you know my sort of half-baked theory that tyreek hill is a rising tide that lifts all boats mm. and the, the boat being just a average quarterback maybe slightly above average well he's banged up and that one play that he had was the craziest play that we've seen since whatever he, he has the long touchdown catch where he sort of got um, a little bit of not busted coverage, but like he got wide open. Yeah, Mike Davis fell down. It, it's yeah. just that happened. Um, fair enough. But my point is that he wasn't 100%. Jalen Waddle, as I mentioned, didn't get a catch until the fourth quarter, only had two catches uh, for the entire game. And then no running game, so no balance. So what we've seen, and, and even the Steelers sort of figured this out earlier in the season against Miami. Miami, I think, got up two scores early on by winging the ball over the yard. And then they just locked down and started double teaming everybody. And forcing Tua to take things underneath and let them run the ball. Well, tonight, Tua was inaccurate uh, underneath, and they didn't run the ball. So you wonder if Mike McDaniel, who to this point has done a fantastic job, will sort of reassess, or if it's going to be one of these situations where he leans into it, sort of like Brandon Staley did last year as a first-year coach, who I love, but a lot of people on the outside who didn't like him thought he was a know-it-all. And I don't know if we'll get to the point with Mike McDaniel, but those are some questions that need to be answered. I got a question that needs to be answered right now. What is it? For you guys, if you had to pick one of these two teams, the Dolphins and Chargers, to miss the playoffs, mm. who is it? Five thirty-eight has the Dolphins now. They are eight and five, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, at seventy-four percent to make the playoffs, and the Chargers at fifty-nine percent to make the playoffs. 
I look at the Chargers schedule, man, and I like I know that the Chargers. I can't believe I'm going to say this because the Chargers have. The Chargers do what the Chargers do. They charger and they they rip your heart out. They rip their own hearts out. Um, it's just like it's like the it's like the scene from uh, is it Temple of the Doom, right, with the you know, the heart ripping thing. But instead of like ripping someone else's heart out, it's like the Chargers reach in and like grab their own heart. Like ha ha ha. Um, Titans at home this coming week at the Colts. Rams at home and the Rams are playing hard, but you know a little you know, obviously not the same roster we thought they'd have. And then at the Broncos, that is there you go. That's 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 high level graphics. Um, Wilson holding up his phone. That me. is the opposite of a murderer's row. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I, I think I mean I think I'd almost take the the Chargers just because they they're getting a little bit healthier in terms of the wide receiver core. You hope Bosa's coming back. Now, like Jalen Phillips played fantastic in this game, and and you know, but I don't I think the Chargers defense as a whole is probably better if they get their stars back. And then, I mean, Herbert, we're just we just don't need to compare Herbert to him. Moving forward, I think that's pretty fair to say. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the season, we were uh, flip. We had flipped that conversation, but I'm taking the Chargers as well. I think uh, to be Max' point, AFC East will beat up on each other, and uh, the Chargers just, just need to get out of their own way. Now, also uh, worth noting that the Chargers are seven to six, the Dolphins are eight and five, and that is a beneficial thing for Miami. All right, elsewhere in the AFC, the Titans lose. The Titans have a chance to basically put the division on ice, settle in, take care of the AFC South beat the Jaguars who hadn't won in Nashville since 2013 and Trevor Lawrence, my guy and Evan Ingram, Lord, mm. saw that coming unexpected outcomes in week 14 of the NFL season in 2022. Evan Ingram goes nuts. Trevor Lawrence goes off. Derrick Henry had a huge rushing game, but only carried the ball twice in the second half because the Titans were playing catch up against the Jaguars. Titans now seven to six and Jacksonville five and eight. Um, uh, is it, is it, am I just being biased by suggesting Wilson that there is, that the Jaguars have some playoff life here at five and eight or. Yeah. Why not? I mean, got a month to go. A lot can happen. And the Titans are an up and down football team. I don't know if this loss is on John Robinson or not, but he's no longer on the payroll. So he can sit home and laugh. about it. Mike Vrabel says it is. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, when you have four turnovers versus zero turnovers, even if the team that you're playing hasn't beaten you nine straight times in your home, that's doesn't pretend good things. And you mentioned Derrick Henry going off the first half as he typically does. He's averaged over hundred yards rushing against the Jaguars and, you know, human history, I believe, but two turnovers by him, another fumble by Tannehill led to 17 points for the Jaguars. So yay, Derrick. But I mean, at the end of the day, you can't have those sorts of fumbles. One was incredibly unlucky that bounced right to Josh Allen. But again, fumble in, in large part is, is about luck, fumble recovery. So the, I don't know, man. Like the Titans, I, I I'm up and down on them. I'm now, the arrow's pointing down in recent weeks, given the way they played. Jaguars are a good football team, uh, and and they had underachieved early in the season when they were certainly ranked high according to Football Outsiders, but their their record didn't indicate that. And, and now they're playing better. And credit to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you can't take that away from from him. He he made some great throws. For me though, breach the the play of the game. It didn't necessarily. It, it sort of affected the game, but in terms of this wasn't Trevor Lawrence, this is more Zay Jones. The Roger McCurry should have had the interception. <laughs> it goes oh, off and says, Zay Jones makes a crazy catch in the back of the end zone. And I feel like receivers now in the last four or five years are infinitely better than they were 20 years ago because of the number of toe, toe tap catches we see either in the end zone or along the sidelines and their ability to catch the football is mind bogglingly insane. And that comes after Zay Jones dropped a pass earlier in the game and had some drops last week. It's especially crazy when you consider breach that like they just for whatever reason you they just let college players go one foot and so like you have to adjust. I think that's one of the things too. Like I feel like college players have gotten better at 
like trying to get two feet in, knowing that if they're going to be elite receivers, they need to work on that, you know, getting towards the next level. But that's that's a you know different story for a different day. Um, how's the uh, how's the how the palms and the butts and the and the seats in uh, in Nashville there, Breach? Well, you know what's funny is that uh, Mike Rabel earlier this week said, "Hey, look, we're at a crossroads. We're going to see which fork we take at this point." And well, they they went the wrong way here. This is not what you want to come out, lose to a division rival. And uh, like you were saying, Wilson, that touchdown pass to Zay Jones was right before halftime. I think there was like 10 seconds left, and it seemed like the Jags were almost playing for a field goal. And Trevor Lawrence like, you know what, let's just take a shot. And uh, Zay Jones gets his toe in by about three centimeters, and it felt like that touchdown broke the Titans. They couldn't believe that Jacksonville scored on them. And, you know, if I'm Mike Frabel, I am saying after the game, look, guys, we have sucked the last three weeks. We deserve Mm. all the negative talk we are getting. But if we can just go two and two in these final four games, we win the division. Like, it's kind of that simple. Because then you get to nine and eight, and Jacksonville would have to go four and oh to get to nine and eight. And you look at their schedule, and they play the Cowboys this week. Jacksonville has to play the Cowboys in week 15. Then they have to play the Jets four days later on Thursday night. So, they their next two games, and if they lose NFL for that one, actually, some well, right. And if they if they lose either one of those games, then the Titans only need to win one game of their final four. So just (laughs) just the way they built such a big lead by going seven and three in their first ten games, that I I feel like they've got a big margin for error. Although they are very much testing that right now. These three they've got um so on Christmas Eve at one o'clock they play the Texans at home. I mean, it's just like I've we've seen this movie before right late season bad houston team derrick henry 275 rushing yards right that's that's like put henry out you play they play they get the they get the chargers this week and then the texans so like this is a really like where if you're mike rabel you say okay this is a bad loss but we are still very much in control of our destiny uh 85 percent 86 percent to make the playoffs right now you have two teams that are terrible against the run and then you close with the Cowboys and, and at the Jaguars. And, and, and what you want to do, I think, Breach, to your point, is make it where that eight, week 18 game in Jacksonville it is not relevant to the discussion of the division. And it only matters for Jacksonville trying to get in as a wild card, which they could still do. It's a, uh, they're actually 14% to, yeah, I mean, they basically need to get through the division, I think, with, with all the five and eight teams there um, in the AFC. All right. Anything for you, Wilson, uh, left on that? Or? No, I just think it's funny that. Breach is basically, and his role as Mike Vrabel is giving them like, okay, I'm not asking for much. Just please win one game, and maybe and we'll just go. Derek, look, listen, we're not we're not going to play Derek Henry against the Chargers. We're just going to save him for the Texans game and let him, you know, uncork. Uh, well, and it's such a flip from last year where the Titans were the number one seed. Now I think they're the team that uh, the Bengals probably would love to play them if the Titans are the four seed. The Dolphins are probably everybody wants to play the Titans in the playoffs now. Uh, th- yeah, for sure. The Bills had the Bills really took care of. They had the Jets like completely dominated for that entire game, and somehow the Jets creep back in it, made it very much a you know a sort of a close contest at the end. Uh, maybe more important to the discussion of Buffalo is that with the win and with Kansas City, uh, you know, blasting Russell Wilson and company. Although Russ at least I guess made it a little interesting by halftime. Um, we have two ten and three teams at the top of the AFC. Wilson, uh, which t- which ten and three team for you? is most likely to take the number one seed. I believe it's essentially a coin flip at 538. I think the uh, Bills are 47%. No, no, not quite a coin flip. Chiefs 41, that's the tiebreaker there. And then uh, any guesses as to who the third team would be? 
Like my third team is the Cincinnati Bengals. That is correct. Nine percent, two percent for the Ravens. Uh, in fact, they're they're not my. F- I think it's like one A, one B, and one C. Wow. I think like the Bengals are not messing around, and I don't say that lightly, Breach, and that's not the Snoopy blood seeping into my brain. And I didn't brainwash you. Hey, I bet. Hey, I, I, I told everybody I did a, a short three weeks ago and said everybody needs to bet the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. Like what? Because here's the thing: like you mentioned, that the Buffalo had that game in hand. I watched every play; they did not have that game in hand. Mike White might be the toughest human on planet Earth. Uh, that mug took a, an ass whooping, <laughs> uh, and he just kept, kept coming back out there. Um, but that's a story for another time. But I, I think. Sorry, just to clarify, I'm not saying that like. No, I know. If it like because I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch every play of that game because it's New, you know New York, but it's like it's 17-7 Buffalo in the uh, you know going into the fourth quarter in the 27. It felt like it was. Yeah, there weren't a lot of points scored. The weather was terrible, and it was it was a slog. Uh, but I, I give Salah and that crew credit for battling, and Mike White especially. But the larger point for me is in watching Buffalo and Kansas City. Who? Oh yeah, yeah, and Bam played well too. Uh, in terms of Buffalo and Kansas City, is that their quarterbacks, while two of the best players in the NFL aren't firing on all cylinders and Josh Allen, I think he's probably still injured. You know, all every time, anytime you have a question about a player who's not playing like they used to play two weeks ago, typically it's, it's an injury that's lingering. And I think that's probably the case with Josh Allen who made some good throws and missed some throws. Um, I don't know what was going on with Patrick Mahomes. I think he thought they were after he threw that, uh, that no look Harlem Globetrotters touchdown. He's like, well, I can do anything on these chumps. And they're like, wait a second. Uh, Josie Jules, like, uh, wait one second. And had those two interceptions, Patrick and another. So, if there's still some lack of focus and lack of crispness with the quarterback situation in these two teams and Joe Burrow continues to Joe Burrow it up, I ain't sleeping on the, on your Bengals breaches, the number one team. Yeah. And the bills, uh, I mean, the Bengals will have a say in the number one seed, whether they get it or not, because they play the bills in week 17. And the, the thing about Buffalo is you feel good about yourself because you have the head to head over Kansas city. So right. the chiefs have to finish a full game ahead of you. But then the flip side of that is that the Chiefs have the easiest remaining strength of schedule by far with games against the Texans, the Broncos, uh, the Seahawks, who are floundering right now, and then the Raiders. So it's one of those situations where I feel like it's probably going to be Kansas City. If I had to bet on it right now, I would probably put the number one seed on Kansas City. I don't, I don't think that's, I, I tend to agree. And by the way, I should point out that the Chiefs did not blast the Broncos. Obviously, it was a one-score game, uh, much closer. I, I, I think I, I think what happened was I saw Marlon Mack house a, uh, a, a 66-yard screen pass from Russell Wilson in week 15, week 14 of 2022. And in my brain, I think I think my synapses just cracked in half, and I couldn't like couldn't even like fathom the score after that because it was 27 nothing. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, it, the game was over. Like and then twenty seven nothing with four thirty two was four thirty two when Willie Gay intercepted Russ on on yeah, Mahomes started throwing picks. Yeah, and it's like, man, that's a little. I mean, it maybe to your point, Wilson. Maybe it was sort of a all right, like we're playing with our food type of situation. You allow him to crawl back in, but you know, if I'm if I'm Andy Reid, I don't love seeing that against a division opponent in Week fourteen as you're trying to really ramp up and and, and chase that one seed. You know, great performances over. Like you know, you look at the Chiefs and they do have just all. I mean. Not like the most amazing weapons, but I think that collection of guys that they brought in have really become like very complementary to each other. And, I, and, that's and they're important. still waiting for Kadarius Tony. Yep, Kadarius Tony, who they traded for. Uh, Sky Moore didn't have a, a very big game at all. Marcus Valdez Scantley didn't do much. We've seen different guys step up at different times. And, you know, with Buffalo, and again, different weather conditions, 
playing a much, you know, both playing good defenses. But yeah, you know, with with Buffalo, Dawson Knox had that great touchdown. It, it does feel like while they have a lot of weapons, their, their weapons are better. They just don't have as many as Kansas City. And I'm still everybody's still waiting on this like Gabe Davis nuclear uh, game. The Bills have the Dolphins at home on Saturday at the Bears. So you'd think you go two and zero there if you if you're taking care of business. A January second game. Hi, Billy. Uh, against the at the Bengals, which is enormous for seeding potential. That is a uh, is that a the final Monday night game of the year. It was listed at eight thirty. Threw me off. Uh, and then a TBD game, of course, against the Patriots in Week eighteen. So yeah, Buffalo could go. I mean, I think Buffalo probably goes three and one, but could go two and two. The Chiefs, meanwhile, have. At the Texans, I mean, come on, you better take care of business. Seahawks at home, Broncos at home. They get the Broncos twice in the last five weeks. And at the Raiders, like, I think if the Chiefs go 4-0, and they probably get the one seed. Seems fair. Yeah, I'm going to push back on that. Uh, I mean, if they go 4-0, and they get it. Or you think the Bills, because they'll lose at least I'm saying, one. I'm saying, I think the right. Bills, will, I, I yeah. think the Bills yeah. probably drop one down the stretch. A lot, of sa- a lot of sass in Breach's voice there. I know he's like, what do you? I think he was about to be like, I mean, like, yeah, that's, it, that, I mean, four and oh, it's four and oh. It did sound kind of stupid when it came out of my mouth, I'll be honest. But like, if I, the Bills go four and oh, it doesn't matter. The Bills right. go four and oh, they get it. The Bills yeah, control I think the are much more likely to four and oh than the Bills, is what I'm saying. Um, the Bills have to play, face the old Bengals. Pretty all right, a couple more notes on the AFC playoff race. So, New England plays on Monday. The, I mean, well, it's like the me. What, what do we what do we do with Baltimore? Ravens knocked one out against Mitchell Trubisky and the Steelers, yeah. but I mean, my God, yeah, they should have won that game by fifty points. Um, I don't know, man. They're, they're, that's why I said the Bengals. I like them much better as a chance to to be uh, a, a number one seed, and by that, of course, that, that means they're winning the division. I like the Ravens better than Tennessee, not a lot more. Like if they were playing in a neutral field right now, and assuming Lamar was healthy, I, it might be a pick them. Like I don't know. Like th- those teams are so. Mm-hmm. Scattershot. Like you don't know what you're going to get. This team is not, they're good. They're just not consistent. And I think they're actually less consistent than the Titans who, you know what they do well. And when they don't do that, well, they, they lose. So I, I have no real faith in this team beyond making the playoffs. The the one thing about the Ravens, and by the way, the shout out to Caesars for getting these division odds up so quick. Uh, Ravens minus minus one thirty now Bengals plus one ten to win the AFC North with the Ravens. Their offense was so explosive for the first month ish of the season maybe uh, six weeks kind of cooled down Lamar started playing, playing bad for a while but um the defense couldn't stop anybody particularly in the past and any pass rush and now the defense is like actually pretty good but the offense can't really do anything so I, I just sort of wonder and, and again it all comes back to Lamar here if Lamar can come back and be healthy like J.K. Dobbins didn't look didn't look fantastic but he but he came back and he had a really he had a really nice game stat wise he got walked down on a, on a you know, he just didn't look explosive um, you just sort of, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if the Ravens can just sort of hold on for dear life and, you it know, sounds like the Titans philosophy. Yeah. But it's like, hold on for dear life, steal the division and then get Lamar back in time and make a playoff run. I think they're a little sneaky, but yeah, they're, they're hard to figure out. Do you like um, them better than the Titans? About that six and a half dozen, I guess. Dep- yeah. It all depends on Lamar. Um, I just don't yeah. trust this team. Yeah, I don't. I, I, yeah, I don't trust them either. The thing about well, the, the funny thing is, they could very well end up playing the Titans in the wild card round if the Bengals win the division. The Ravens end up the five seed, and Tennessee is the four seed. 
How okay. long will they? What do the NFL rules say? Breach if if a game is tied zero zero after twenty seven overtimes. <laughs> like how long are you willing to let it go? In the playoffs, the limit is four years, is my understanding. I think you say four overtimes. I was like, what? That Buckle up. Yeah, four I believe it. Okay, last thing on the AFC, and then we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, you get one five and eight team to get crazy. Yeah, I'll take the Jaguars. That's the easy one. That's probably the only answer. I, the Raiders, the Raiders should just be six and seven. That's so bad. Um, Cleveland doesn't ain't got it, and uh, you're not trusting Pittsburgh, right? Get out of here. Well, well it's, the a bunch of these five and eight teams play each other. The Steelers have to still have to play the Rounds. They still have to play the Raiders. So that's boom. That's going to eliminate a couple of those five and eight teams. Yep. And then your boys in Jacksonville probably have the most difficult path with the Cowboys and Jets. Yeah. And if the Titans can just beat the Texans, they they basically need like some help from the Dolphins and the Chargers. All right. I love I love that Breach thinks that uh, the Steelers, Browns, and Raiders are going to disqualify themselves by playing each other. They've been disqualified for for weeks now. Well, me. I was trying to answer Brinson's question. Sorry, Wilson. My goodness, you, you gave me false hope, and then you dashed it. Duncan on Brinson's question. All right, <laughs> let's take a break, and when we come back, break. Ryan Wilson is going to pound the drum, stand at the table, whatever the hell you want to say for a team that's under 500 to make the playoffs. You know it. I'm going to do the Drew Locke on the sidelines dance. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're going to shift our focus to the NFC playoff race. We had our first uh, playoff bid secured. Congratulations to my Philadelphia Eagles for securing a playoff berth. They have not clinched the division. They have not clinched a particular seed. They're 12 and one. And by the way, that, that, that loss is kind of like looming. Like, Oh, that was actually a good loss. Like they, you know, it's better to have that loss than to be undefeated right now. You know what I mean? Like one of those weird yeah. young team. You don't want to deal with that nonsense. I have to answer those questions every week. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I guess by, by virtue of the, the nature of this podcast, um, well, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll circle back on Philadelphia for you, Billy. Um, they, they truck stick New York. We don't need to spend any time on that. We'll bring you on in a second. Um, instead, Wilson, as I teased before the break, your Detroit Lions. America, the Lions are America's team now. Winners of five of six straight. Dan PC Principal, a.k.a. Dan the Man Campbell, a.k.a. PC Principal. If you haven't watched South Park, if you know, you know. And the Lions, Jared Goff, who's playing just some freaking fantastic football right now. I, I tip my cap to you, Wilson. I, I think you've been you've been honking that horn for a while. And uh, Goff is playing great, twenty-seven to thirty-nine, three thirty and three touchdowns. 
beat the the division leading Vikings 34 to 23. They're still four games back of the Vikings, so that ain't happening. But their playoff odds after the various outcomes, including a loss by the Seahawks and uh, another important uh, NFC loss that's escaping my brain right now for sure. Oh, the Giants losing to the Eagles, duh. Uh, jumped up to 22% from 8% mm. coming in. It, it, are the Lions a playoff team? Yeah, absolutely. This team was 0-9-1 to start last year, Breach. 0-9-1. And what did they do the first half of this season? They scored a bunch of points, and then their defense collapsed in the final 15 minutes. Every single freaking week. They suddenly figured out how to play a little defense. They're getting after the quarterback. And I don't even think this game exposed the Vikings. The Vikings have been the same team they were last year. They've just been extremely lucky. And I know people get mad when we say that, but that's the truth. So Vikings fans, don't, don't feel bad that you lost to the Lions. Lions are a good football team. And, uh, you know, a lot of things to like about this. I'm Ross St. Brown. DJ Shark had a great touchdown catch. Jameson Williams takes off the cast and just scores a touchdown on his very first catch that, of the that's season. That's a big, big ad this late in the season, man. That's Huge. like, like that's, you know, we, we spent all this time talking about Odell Beckham. Like we should have been talking about Jameson Williams coming back for the line. That's a much, much bigger deal. No offense to Odell. Oh yeah, absolutely. Once at the beginning of his career and only has one ACL, the other one, Obviously, it's two, and there's it's unsure as a 30 what he's left. But I, I think the Lions are very much in the conversation. Um, they've drafted extremely well. I mean, the Jameson Williams play was great. One of the, I mean, Dan Campbell is not afraid to go from fourth down. And I mentioned that in thinking about the Panay Sewell in motion. I think he caught a third and seven pass. Um, one of the most athletic offensive tackles in the league looked like a an oversized tight end and, and got the first down late in the game to get to keep things going there. So, 144 more, and he's uh, he catches Jamar Chase. Ouch. Um, one other thing I want to mention quickly, and uh, I don't think we'll talk about this game, but uh, when I was watching the the Texans try to beat the Cowboys, it's always funny to me when teams are out of it and their coaches who have been conservative forever just start doing whatever on fourth down. That's how Dan Campbell plays all the time. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And he actually, earlier this week, bemoaned the fact that he didn't go for a fourth down earlier this year that cost him the football game. And that's how you have to think about things. You can't change the way you coach because you're losing 58 to nothing or you're one and eight. And I think Campbell deserves a lot of credit for coaching the exact same way each and every week, getting these guys to buy in. And, you know, the Vikings are who we thought they were. They're a good football team. They're not a 10-win team. They are on paper, but they, they probably should be closer to, to 500. Like, they could be seven and six right now, and the Lions could be six and seven, and we'd say, oh, yeah, that sounds about right for, for both teams. Dan Campbell called a fake punt on fourth and eight. From his own 26-yard line. If that's not the biggest man Campbell call of the week. And it went for like 20-something yards. No, it went for 42 yards. Twice as much. Literally, (laughs) it flipped the game because they got it and got a touchdown on the drive. And instead of being a 14-7, they're up 21-7. You look at, I know people will be like, "Eh, well, the Lions are 6-7. and Obviously, they have looked much, much better over the past few weeks. But they've also played the most difficult schedule in the NFL this year as far as uh, other teams' winning percentage. Uh, they're the only team in the NFL that has all their opponents combined above a 600 winning percentage. And yet they've still managed to muster together a six and seven record. So this team is good. They're getting better every week. And Wilson, I don't think you're crazy for thinking that they might get in the playoffs. They could go four and oh down the stretch. I think they go at least three and one and that gets them to nine, eight, which gives them a chance. This is the first best friends. Yep. Yeah, this is the first time in a long time where you feel like the Lions. I love that I I pointed out the Lions were going to make the playoffs like three weeks ago, but it's fine. You said that about every team, though. So, I mean, obviously, you can go back and point to it. You're the little boy who cried wolf. So, the Lions have scored 25 points for the fifth straight game the last time this happened. 
1954. Pete Prisco was in second grade. Meanwhile, the Vikings. Oh! Actually, that might be wrong. The Vikings. That's 100 wrong. The Vikings. This is the fifth straight game of allowing 400 plus yards of offense. So, we can talk about the Lions not showing up in the fourth quarter defensively. They've started to do that. The Vikings have a, a lot of stuff to figure out. This game was like threatening not to go over. Shout out to uh, KJ Osborne and Kirk Cousins for uh, for forcing the issue and and making sure that that it that it that it went over that total. Like, anyway, Justin Jefferson, two hundred twenty three receiving yards. Kirk Cousins, four twenty five, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I still think the Vikings are a very good team. I just think the Vikings are like, oh my god! And again, we I don't want to turn this into like a. We don't like. I like the Vikings. I really like all the pieces. Turn into it every week, Brent, and just do I mean, it. I know it's just Anti-Vikings like Vikings podcast. I know where you're going with this. Mm. <laughs> we're uh, we're we're actually sponsored. He's our resident Vikings fan that's going to get mad at you. We're sponsored by Big Cheese, um, and and they're they're paying us to talk bad about the you know, see the Packers talking about Packers. That's not a bad hot take from Michael there. That was um, a milder version of or uh, of, yeah, Brandon Staley. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if I'd call Dan Campbell mild, but yes, I, in I, terms I of his play calling, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think Dan Campbell has. Like, the, here's the thing about the Lions. I'm not to move away from the Vikings, but the, the thing about the Lions and, the, and look, the Vikings are ten and three. They're in the playoffs. They're going to win the division. They're in great shape. What happens in there remains to be seen. The Lions have taken on like Dan Campbell to me came into the the Lions and said, "Here's who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do." And there has been not a shred of dishonesty about what he's done and how he's acted. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. He, you know, is very much an inspirational coach, but also somebody who I think is wisely aggressive in games, particularly knowing that at times his defense hasn't been very good, although it's been better the last few weeks. That, you know, he they built for the trenches. They have some beast on the, the, the offensive line is just like a, a, a wall, man. And you know, there were reports coming into this game that Jared got multiple reports. So, you know, it either came from Goff's camp or the Lions camp that Goff's their guy, not a bridge quarterback. And then Goff responds by putting up this monster performance and slinging it around all these different receivers. So, I mean, I want to, I really want them to make the playoffs. Like, I really want Dan Campbell coaching in a wild card game. Like, what's, what's the matchup we want against the Vikings? That's pretty easy to happen, right? That would be juicy. I don't want Dan Campbell. I don't want the Lions playing the Niners. <laughs> that feels like a bad situation for the Lions. Why? Well, I, they're, I mean, if they get in, they're either getting the six or seven because they're not going to catch the yeah. Cowboys, which means they're either playing the Vikings or 49ers. Yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy and perhaps no Debo Samuel, there are worse teams to play. No, for, I mean, you would much rather get the – I mean, don't you think you'd rather get the Vikings than the Niners? Yeah, but I mean, you, you don't just – no, no, no. You, they, they would sign up for any matchup right now. Um, it's interesting too. You know, we talk about these sort of how the you know the path and all this, but like the Niners are at the Seahawks on Thursday this week, right? So San Francisco is uh, what would we say? Breachboard. They favored by three and a half or something like that, and it's climbing. Yeah, um, Seahawks. You know, if I mean, this is just a if chalk holds discussion that I'm that I'm trying to set up here. You know, you have the the uh, Commanders. Oh, I called them the real name and the Giants playing each other. The commanders are favored at home, so let's give them the win. The Lions are at the Jets. It's a pick them. For the purposes of us trying to talk about the Lions' playoff hopes, we're going to give them the win. And is there anybody else in Jermaine to the discussion of the NFC? I don't think so. 
So week 16, Lions at the Panthers. I feel, I, I don't think that's a guaranteed win, but we're going to give it to him again for the purpose of the discussion. Commanders at the Niners. We're going to give the Niners a win. That's chalk. That's easy. And the Giants at the Vikings. I think it's fair to give the Vikings a W there in week 16. At this point, the Commanders, so that's two weeks, like reasonable outcomes for the next two weeks. The Commanders are 8-6-1. and one. The Giants are 7-7-1, seven, seven, and one, and the Vikings are 8-7, and seven, and they're the seventh seed with a chance to climb even higher. The Lions. The Lions, so, so the Lions yeah, not the Vikings, my bad. And, and they would be matched up against the two seed there in the Vikings. So really, really interesting. And then, of course, mm-hmm. you would have, you know, if they stumble on the road, it, w- it wouldn't be crazy one of those two games and go one and one I, I think they, you, know, you expect them to beat the Bears at home, but again, not a guarantee. I mean, what if they go to Green Bay against, like, it's like, <laughs> Rogers with nothing on the line, and then it'll be Jordan Love. Yeah, <laughs> they could be late playing Jordan. I don't know. Rogers might force you be like, "Listen, I'm playing. I'm knocking these guys out of the playoffs." Like, they, I'm not. I'm not sitting at home. While I watch Dan Campbell and Jared Goff play. In the I tell you, man, you don't want that Jared Goff smoke. You can say that. No, 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 wanna... That's how Rogers would feel. I know. I'm saying to Rogers, you don't want to go out like that. You don't want your last game to be a, a Jared Goff ass whooping. That's all I'm saying. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um... Tampa six and seven, four seed. Panthers, Panthers are live as hell in the NFC South. So I think again, the Panthers that went entire out. division is not so. The Panthers went out; they're winning the division. They and, are the only team in that division that controls their own. Correct. State. Do you guys want to take a time machine back to the Buccaneers Saints game and revisit that conversation? Um. Where are we on Tom Brady? Let me ask you, where are we on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? That's why they, that's they, my got, they got absolutely truck stick by the 49ers. Truck stick. The Niners are a really good team. Oh, my question is this. Are you still of the opinion, both of you, that it, you don't want to give Tom Brady a chance to go to the playoffs? I, I I'm not gonna write off I'm not gonna write off the greatest athlete in the history of sports. They wrote off Gino. All right. Gino didn't write back. Let me ask you this. Let's let's frame it like this, Wilson. You're the Cowboys. You Almost have that five seed locked up because you're probably not going to catch the Eagles and the teams below you probably aren't going to catch you. Would you rather face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons, Wait, what? Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers, or Andrew Gregory Dalton and the New Orleans Saints? Oh, I see. Because any of these, all these teams are wide open in the, in the NFC South. One of those you. teams will get the four seed. And if you're the Cowboys, I would say the Brady is the one you would least want to face. Okay, fair enough. But that's like being, you know, that's like you going into a room full of of Tyler's and saying you're the tallest person in that room. Yeah, you are. And I would brag about it for a month. <laughs> I, I, look, I'm not again. I I this is not me saying that anything the Buccaneers have done over the course of the season and the 13 games they played leads me to believe that they would be a dangerous threat to anyone in the postseason. Brenton, let me I'll, let me let me rephrase Breach's question to you. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, would you rather face Tampa, San Francisco, or Minnesota? Well, I mean, Tampa's the uh, yeah, Tampa's the answer, right? So yeah. I mean, no, 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 look, they're the worst team. They're going to be the worst team in the playoffs because they're pro- they're barely going to be above five hundred. I'm just saying that it's Tom Brady. No, I know, I know, and he's made weirder stuff happen. 28-3 is weirder than like running the table in the NFC. This Shout week. out to Shanahan for going. Not letting him get to twenty eight three today. I think he got to thirty one nothing or something or on purpose. He thirty five nothing or whatever it was. He like, he like took a safety on purpose to like He's not yeah. testing football guys. Seventy four percent for the Bucks to make the playoffs. Obviously through the division. Panthers now up to twenty one percent. I mean, it's it, like there, it's not unreasonable that we have the Panthers and the Lions suddenly in the playoffs 
this postseason. You yes. often say a lot of things that are filled with hyperbole. You are not wrong about this. I, I, I can't call you out on this. And uh, quickly, I just want to um, – who's going to give a shout-out to? Oh, I want to give a shout-out to Christian McCaffrey because I, I doubted that trade mm. because of the cost of it. That worked out. And a shout-out to the Panthers for still being able to run the ball, getting all the draft capital, and, and leading on the run. Take a hint, Mike McDaniels, today on their way to victory. Yep. Uh, it's, not, it's not inconceivable that we could have Philly, Minnesota, San Francisco – Carolina, Dallas, Seattle, Detroit. Like that is an entirely different playoff like picture than what we had, you know, several weeks ago or and even a week ago when we thought this would be a boring NFC playoff race. Well, and the NFC South alone, real quick on that division, Carolina has the easiest remaining schedule of those four teams. They do not face any team over the final four weeks that currently has a winning record. Whereas Tampa Bay has to play the Bengals. Falcons still have to play the Ravens, and I don't think any of us think the Saints are going to come back with just four wins, but you know they still could win out maybe and get to eight and nine. They played the Eagles though, so everybody has a tough game left except for the Panthers. They I would tra- win- imagine traveling back in time to August 2022, and we're doing this podcast, and you look at me and you say, "Give me like a, the craziest, most insane, unbelievable take." About the 2022 season, and I say the week 15 Lions at Jets game and week 16 Lions at Panthers game will determine the fate of the NFL playoff universe. <laughs> I think we were like, on you, the Lions. You have me locked up. The Giant, the Jets, absolutely. But I think we were sort of on the Lions this offseason. I think we thought that they would, they would be I'm okay. just saying Lions at Jets, Lions at Panthers, not looking like. But the Jets is a different story. We thought, at least I did, I thought they were going to be one of, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. I'm just saying that, that those two games were not on my radar. As no, that's fair. Massively important games. Okay. Let's take another break. When we come back, we'll do some winners and losers. My God, maybe we wrap up this podcast. Reasonable hour. Next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, winners and losers. There's always a winner. There's always a loser. So football works. Unless you tie. Unless you're the football team. Commandos and the whoever. Giants. Football team. Um, Trying to scroll down to figure out who our first winner is. My apologies. Um, I I don't know whose winner this is, but uh, Wilson, I'll let you start. Why don't you pick a winner? I think I know this. I don't think my winners are in there. Okay. Well, Well, that's okay. I'll I'll give you one anyway. We're just going to rip through a bunch of winners and losers, and we'll see what happens. I'm going to go with uh, the Bills front four for picking up the slack without Von Miller, who's lost for the season with, a unfortunately, another ACL injury. Uh, the conversation was going to be that Boogie Basham, that Daquan Jones, 
that uh, AJ Epinesa, that Greg Rousseau, all those guys have to do more. And guess what? They did more, Breach. Epinesa had a sack. Greg Rousseau had two sacks. Shaq Lawson had a sack. And, I mean, Matt Milano and I can't remember who else, they hit the snot out of Mike White on two occasions, and he had to leave the field. Matt, Joe Flacco uh, forgot he was back up. He had to go in there quickly. Uh, one time he had a fumble. Uh, but then Mike White came right back. But I, I think that's encouraging if you're a Bills fan and you were concerned about the loss of Von Miller uh, on that defensive front four. So those are my winners, the front four of the Bills, Sands, Von Miller. Uh, I like that, Wilson. Um, my winner, as always, is a Bengals player. Um, and it is Jim Breach. No, I'm just kidding. He's not my winner, but he was the ruler of the jungle today. He's the guy who got to sit in the throne and uh, awesome get that? the game started and end the five game losing was, streak the Bengals had against the was, Browns. Uh, was your dad nervous about that? Like, I mean, I, I mean, like, because I mean, obviously he played in the NFL. Like, he kicked in Super Bowls, so you wouldn't think he'd be sweating it. But like, I, I've done the siren, the siren sounding for the Hurricanes, which I don't know why, but. Um, you get up there and you're like, uh, the entire a little more pressure than I thought. Yeah, like I'm like I'm kind of exposed. I'm on the sideline. You're doing something you're not used to be doing. Like you banging a drum. I don't know. So breach. What happened? I didn't know. What's the details of this? I didn't hear about this. No, just you just you're, you're like the guy that pumps everyone up. This you, you, other teams have like the, the Raiders have. They light up the flame. The, the Seahawks have the twelfth man. Yeah, what uh, do the Bengals do? Bengals have someone sit on a throne and, and they dump uh, spaghetti and uh, noodles and, and uh, chili on top of them. Do they put and a crown they, on them or something? You bathe in the chili. There is no crown. Oh, okay. He rolls around. He gets to take his shirt off and roll around in the chili. Um, but after he did that, the Bengals went out one. Joe Burrow is my winner because of how well he looked. Despite once again, it seems like this guy's losing receivers every week, whether it's Jamar Chase for a few weeks uh, or, or offensive weapons he's losing. We saw Joe Mixon out for a few weeks. Within the first two snaps of this game today against the Browns, who, by the way, he had never beaten. He was 0-4. He lost Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins to injury. People, obviously, this is probably the final week of your fantasy season. If you had either of them, you probably said, I am never. I had all three Bengals receivers and Joe Burrow on a fantasy team. I'm sorry, Brenton, that that is your case. But anyway... Despite losing, uh, you know, two of his three biggest weapons, he's still out there and rolled the Browns through for 239 yards, two touchdowns. And it was a huge game because it's one of the it was that monkey he needed to get off his back. You had to beat the Browns. The Bengals lost four straight to them. Uh, Burrow was 0-4 as a starter. It was just that team, that kind of hex that uh, everything that could go wrong always seemed to go, go wrong when the Bengals played the Browns. And they fixed that. And Jamar Chase went off 10 catches, 119 yards, Burrow. You know, he wasn't great, but he was good enough. And considering the circumstances of losing his top two guys, I thought he played very well. Yeah. I mean, man, I, we, I mentioned this. I just think and schedule matters, of course. You you, know, you can have more difficult opponents. But at Bucks, at Pats, Bills at home, Ravens at home. That's a hard group of teams. Joe Burrow, though, when the chips are down, it's December. When it's games that matter, when it's possible elimination games, like must-win games, and, and none of those are necessarily that for the Bengals. I mean, they have to win, you know, some of them. But like, I don't know, man. I I think there's a chance that against the even against those defenses, he just goes off for the next four weeks. I you know I think Higgins and Boyd need to be able to come back. Mixon needs to sort of, you know, P Ryan had a touchdown and, and Mixon was was fine, but he, you know, clearly, you know, not back up to the, the Bengals' offense wasn't operating, wasn't humming at full speed. But it just shows you what can happen when they start to get going. And so if they get those guys healthy, I think Burrow could just have a 
a nuclear into the season. I, I kind of want to see it happen uh, for financial purposes. All right, I'll say my winner is uh, Mike McCarthy. Ooh. I think losing to a one-win Texans team in your state at home. When you're the ten and two Cowboys, or excuse me, nine and two, nine and three Cowboys, you fall to nine and four. They were losing the entire game, one drive at the end. You fall to nine and four, and I mean, like you're not, you're not like in danger of missing the playoffs or anything like that. But that's the sort of loss that you just hear some weird quotes from Jerry Jones after it. You know what I mean? And they still have to play. Two division games, Eagles at home and two weeks on Christmas Eve, and then at the Commanders, we've been frisky. At the Jaguars and at the Titans, the other two games, like, the, you know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not saying that we would, if the Cowboys had lost to the Texans, I think we might be having a discussion like, yo, um, that's the worst loss of the season by far. Should we be worried about the Cowboys collapsing? Because nine and four, and all of a sudden you go one and three. You're still in the playoffs, but just saying. Just saying. Nope. Cool. Thanks. Nah, I, no, that, that's all we want to have been talking about. I mean, look, there's always questions about Mike McCarthy. If they lose in a big game, it's, uh, man, the coaching was horrible. And if they would have lost this game as a 69-point favorite, that's all anyone would have been talking about for the next and until the end of the season. God, the Cowboys, it was a choke job. It's McCarthy's fault. They're going to lose in the playoffs. Bye. I'm remaining quiet because... I'm going to jump to losers right now. My losers. Unless there's something else we need to talk about. Yeah, yeah. The Cowboys. <laughs> so that's why I was sort of laughing when you said Mike McCarthy. Oh, yeah, I mean, for self-esteem reasons, it's good that you don't lose to the Texans. Sure. But I, I just. I, I could have, he could have been a winner or a loser. I was just sort of trying to incorporate it into, into that. Into that and I actually wrote down the Cowboys playing down to opponents. It's going to cost them. So not necessarily Mike McCarthy specifically, but I just talked about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes not being a hundred percent in terms of uh, accuracy and focus and Christmas and all that or whatever, uh, being crisp, making good plays. Oh, oh, crispness. I thought you were blaming Christmas. No, for causing not, them to be distracted. Christmas. I was like, all right, that's worse than my Phillies world no. series game, bro. Come on. No. Yes. I, I did not go to Princeton depths to make excuses for the bills and the chiefs, but the, uh, the Cowboys said they lost that game would have taken it to new levels and they, for 55 minutes, they, were thoroughly outplayed by Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. I mean, they got the the one-two combo of mediocrity at the quarterback position. Dak Prescott had two interceptions. I know he got hit on one of them, but it just can't happen. You need to beat this team by 30 points. Yep. There's a reason the point the spread was 16 and a half, as Breach mentioned. And you can play down to the Texans and beat them because they'll eventually wear down. But again, you know, we're just talking about facing the, the Buccaneers. I mean, the Buccaneers can play average football and beat the Cowboys the way they played today. And don't forget how the Cowboys lost the playoffs last year on fourth and a mile, and they have Dak Prescott doing a, a scramble, and then the time runs out. And then Mike McCarthy makes all these weird excuses. So, yeah, huge moral victory. Like, this is literally a moral victory, even though they got the actual victory. But you need to get this tidied up because you can't play like this but, at any point in the rest of the year. And there was a uh, – on one of those picks, um, Dak was picked – and the Texans took it back to Dallas's four yard line. It was like, oh my God, this is over. And but at the same time, it was like, man, I, if I was a Texans fan, I really wish they would have gotten in on that pick. And so, you know, like you're like, uh, they and they, they went for it on fourth down, didn't get it. You know, if you kick the field goal, it's still only six points. So Dallas is still 
they're trying to get a touchdown to win anyway because they don't want overtime. But yeah, I mean, it's that Texas should have won that, and I think we'd be having a much different. You sort of, you know, sort of wipe your brow and move on with the Cowboys. But I, I agree with you, Wilson. Uh, punching down is never a good look. What about you, Breach? Next, you go winners well, or losers. By the way, just yeah, we bounce around. Uh, my loser is Thomas Edward Brady. Oh no, we've come to this. Oh no. 45 years old. The man shows up. He gets to play in a game in the Bay Area for just the second time in his career. He's from the Bay Area. He wants to impress everyone. He's got friends <laughs> and family at the game. Really know he's made it. He's made it as a man. <laughs> That's what they want to see. They want to see him come home and win games. And he got embarrassed. Now, this mm. is one of the worst games I've seen Brady play all year. This is he, he looked 45, looked overwhelmed. The Buccaneers haven't looked great all season, but man, Brady. I, I don't know if he's going to last the season. That's what happens when you're 45 and you're trying to play a young man's game for 18 weeks. It is Did he look rough. more despondent after this game or after the Steelers game, which there was a similar conversation about he's not doesn't want to be there? I mean, he banged up his hand. He was pretty despondent. That was late in the game. And by the way, I have a fun fact when you're done crapping well, all over time. Um, <laughs> this game was 28 nothing at halftime. So, Breach, uh, excuse me, Brinson, you mentioned this during the the game about the the rookie quarterbacks that have faced Tom Brady. So I, I went and looked this up. Um, his record against rookie quarterbacks, he's 28 games coming into this game. So 29 games. We can add this one. What do you think his record is against rookie quarterbacks? 29 games. I mean, I want to say it's like 28. No, but it's pre, but, I, but I know it's not because he's lost. 29, it. 29. 29. I would say it is um, 23 and 6. 24 and 5. Bre- Brinson looked it up. It's 23 and 6. No, it's not. 20, it is 24 and 5. Breach, Breach looked it up. Gonna, I think Breach looked it up. Uh, no, I was just going to. Price is right, you. So I, no, they, no, no, no. I said 23 and 6, and you fired 24 and 5 faster than I've heard anybody say anything in their entire and I did 24 the, and 5. I was literally waiting for it. So one game above it, no matter what. Brentson shocked me by being close. I did the math wrong. I was so. And then Breach actually, when I recalculated, Breach did it right. So here's the thing. To say, Brock Purdy's the latest drafted rookie to ever beat. So he has lost just six rookie quarterbacks. Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Should we see if we can guess him? Yeah. Were you guessing or are you looking no, no, at Mark Sanchez is one for sure. Okay. I'll, I'll give you the, is, is, I'll give you the year. Sanchez or just once? Well, it doesn't matter because if you lose to the rookie quarterback, I think that's just a, 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 that's a loss. I'm trying to figure out the five games. So Sanchez won. There, that's, there's six. So that's one. In 2010, I'll give you the year. You'll never is, guess. Is this it 23 one. and six or 24 and five? He's 24 and five. So there's only a, a five, six now with Purdy. Sorry. Sanchez. 20. Oh, I'm sorry. He's 23 and six. You're right. I did the math wrong again. You won. Brent. Oh, down hard. I, I, I already feel, accepted my trophy and my self-esteem was already up. You can't turn on me. I now, feel like so. uh, Tua Tagovailoa in the big moment. I just, I, I couldn't do the math. Yeah. Brinson won. Boom. Roasted. Yeah, absolutely. So Mark Sanchez, two thousand nine. So twenty ten. Who's the quarterback in twenty ten? You won't. I'll give you two guesses because you'll never get it. Um, uh, take a guess and I'll give you a hint. Uh, it's not JP Lozman, right? No, he's drafted two thousand four. Uh, this quarterback, <laughs> this quarterback is still in the league. He's still in the league, and he started a game this year. Geno Smith. No, he's twenty thirteen. Oh, what year did he say? Two thousand ten was the Bradford year. Yeah. Right, he's a third round pick. I'm gonna uh, tell you the answer in a second. Uh, went to Texas. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Wow. Beat you, Brenton. Sorry. All right, 2012. 
Uh, Andrew Luck. No. Robert Griffin. Russell Wilson. Russ Wilson. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. 2013, Breach already said Gino. And then the two quarterbacks this year, we know Brock Purdy. Who was the other one? Uh, I just mentioned them. Yeah. I asked Breach, ask Breach a question about the, the way Tom Brady oh, felt. Can he pick it? Oh, wow. So the previous highest, lowest drafted quarterback, third round. Obviously, Tom Brady, 199 overall. So to answer, oh, I tried to look it up on stathead.com and could, I was like, I, I, I got nothing. It required a little uh, piecing together informaciones. Yeah, Brady had a 12 game winning streak against rookie com- quarterbacks coming into the season. And I think he's only faced two and he's 0 2 against them. I don't, because there are not a lot of rookie quarterbacks that play this year. Uh, I don't think he played Malik Willis in the Titans. So, yeah, not great. And then another sad fact, and Billy, if you have a second, throw this up real quick. This is great news for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. Brock Purdy looks awesome. I mean, I'm sorry. I like. I, love I, I, I go back to what I said last week. When you're playing in that offense, it makes things eminently easier. Now, he made some tough throws. The The Christian McCaffrey touchdown was fantastic. The Brady touchdown was fantastic. Um, is, it, yeah. is it time for my annual uh, Bengals 49ers Super Bowl matchup bet? Brinson, what did I tell you on the Sunday night podcast? There are only two teams in the NFL who haven't lost since October. Possible Super Bowl. Oh, they don't have love right the now. Two hottest there you teams. go, Billy. Sorry, it took me a second to Bengals enter. And 49ers. Yeah, and Jimmy G could possibly come back. But yeah, I mean, like Brock Party was fantastic. Brock Party was great in this game. There's one where he had a um he picked and there was a penalty, and then he immediately just slings it down the field. It's like, On a stutter go to Brandon Yook, who absolutely roasted Jamel Dean is his ankles are still out there. So this is a little fun fact from CBS, NFL on CBS, the Twitter machine. Hmm. Biggest regular season loss of Tom Brady's career went on to the Super Bowl. 2020. Oh. They went got to win Super Bowl. They went on. The, so Tampa Bay is going to the Super Bowl. So you guys, your your dream is still alive. So you're telling me there's a chance. Um, all right. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna swing back to the winners real quick. Not not necessarily because I like have a huge list of winners, but because I don't feel like calling somebody from the Giants losers. And by virtue of his, uh, I don't think, uh, whatever is the details of his contract, Billy is required to pop on here and talk about the Eagles for uh, 35 seconds or whatever long. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is a big winner here. Not that he's had a, you know, not that he needs like, you know, a whole lot of winning. He's, he's in a great spot. Um, 21 to 31, 217 and two touchdowns. Also ran seven times for 77 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders went off a buck 44. Uh, A.J. Brown, four catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. First time, Billy, I believe, since 2014 that the Eagles have had a 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard rusher. They clinched the playoffs. I need ice. So I decided to pick Jalen Hurts as a winner. What do you think? I, I think he's, I think he should be the MVP favorite. Sucking up to Billy. That's what mm-hmm. I think. Sucking up to Billy is... No, I mean, yeah, he's got to be the MVP easily. And then, I mean, the last wide receiver to go for 1,000 yards was Jeremy Macklin. The last running back to go for 1,000 yards was obviously Shady McCoy. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts is very is playing very well. Uh, I like how frustrated he got with A.J. Brown when he didn't kind of make that end cut on one of those post routes there closer to the end zone. Uh, I think that was in, like, the third quarter. Um, but um, I think, you know, people mention this a lot just throughout the game. Like, even when the game was just – you know, in hand and he's on the sideline just chilling. You know, he just doesn't look like, you know, he's too high, too low. He's just so even killed. And I I think that's like, I don't know what you guys think, but 
Um, I haven't really seen a quarterback kind of, you know, be like that on the sideline, no matter if they're up or down. Like, I mean, Justin Herbert probably does it uh, as well. But uh, I think Tom Brady, you know, he's fiery. He's hype. Um, what do you guys think? You know, it's funny. I was watching that game breach with Jalen Hurts. What I kept going back to was at the senior bowl, like no one gave Jalen Hurts. It was all about Jordan Love and all about Justin Herbert. That's who everyone wanted to see. And Jalen Hurts was an afterthought. And you talk to anyone in Alabama, they'll tell you what an incredibly gracious teammate he was with the Oklahoma. Um, and that was great for him because it allowed him a, a chance to play and then Lincoln Riley get drafted and all that other stuff. But I think the lesson for me was that, man, you don't know. Like these kids are young. They're maybe not in the right system. Um, they're behind guys who are either better than them or just as good as they are, so they're not going to get in the field, whether it's Tua, whether it's Mac Jones or whatever. Um, so he goes to – he doesn't complain. He goes to uh, Oklahoma, balls out, and he lands in the right spot, which is so incredibly important. Uh, we just talked about that a minute ago with um, Brock Purdy, and this is the you know Brock Purdy – on a ton of steroids in terms of the the situation he's in and the athleticism and uh, ability to throw the ball. And he, he was pinpoint accurate from start to finish, at least from what I saw. And it wasn't even asked to do that much with his legs because Miles Sanders picked up the slack there. Yeah, I think Hurst, Jay, like, well, he definitely separated himself. Because, Breaking news. Uh-oh. He is the favorite to win MVP. Minus well, he should be. That's what I was about to say. He absolutely should be the favorite now. I mean, there was it was Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and News I think you have you, now. Joe Burrow at number three. And it, Mahomes threw three interceptions. That's going to take him down in the race. Jalen Hurts is 1A, uh, and he's really, really going to have to struggle down the stretch to not win. So there are two games up on the – two and a half games up on the Cowboys? I believe so. So two and a half games up with the Cowboys. They're at the Bears next week. It's, it's, it's got to be even. I think it's two. Yeah, there's two games. There's, there's no half. There's no all the buys are done, so it's all even. Twelve and one and ten. Right, but they beat the Cowboys the first time, right? Yeah, yeah that's why. That's, that's why I'm saying two and a half. So like the Cowboys game. would actually have to finish a game above them as it's right now. Because they have the tiebreaker. If they tie, there's two and a half. Is that how that works? I don't know. I don't that's know. why I say two and a half. If you've got a tiebreaker <laughs> for somebody. Yeah, I never heard that. I just thought you were talking like they had played dissimilar number of games. No, no, no I'm saying but like, they still play each other, and the Cowboys could win that game. Right, but currently they're two, essentially two and a half games up on the Cowboys. If the Cowboys yeah. were to beat them, then you'd have to look at the tiebreakers. Point being, they have the, they're at the Bears. They're two games up on the Cowboys minimum. They're at the Bears. They play the Cowboys on Christmas Eve in the afternoon. Great game in Dallas. Jeez, Jerry, get some holidays on it. Um, Saints at home. Giants at home. Like. I don't think there, I think there's a the only question would be does would Nick Sirianni play Jalen Hurts for a half in week 18 knowing that the Chiefs will probably play Mahomes the whole game trying to get the one seed in order to make sure that his quarterback gets the MVP Nah I mean I think he's a I mean I I think he's a like, he's not a lot. Have to, it's he's a lot. I think he I think he's no, no, that's not how, that's not how that works. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is if he doesn't play bad and it's the last game of the season, he's not gonna lose the MVP off of not playing a game. I, I don't I agree. With so that. like at that point, he's basically a lock. It the only yeah, if he doesn't lay an egg against the next three weeks, they have to they have to get the one seed, they have to win the division. Right, yeah. and that's at this point. If you if you if the Cowboys won the division, Hurts ain't winning MVP. 
Um, yeah, that's the breach yeah. rule. Yeah. So, you know, you, you figure you have to go two and two, worst case probably. And then the only way would be like if Mahomes goes off in week 18, like 500 yards, five passing touchdowns, Chiefs get the number one seed, get the bye, and and as as I didn't learn until midseason. Sorry, JJ. Sorry, Pete Briscoe. Thanks for the info. Um, the NFL has changed the balloting. So, like, you know, before you got 50 people voted one time each. Now it's like Pete Briscoe could say, I, I thought Mahomes at week 18 was fantastic and give Mahomes five points and Hurts four. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that would be mm-hmm. the only concern there, I think, for Hurts winning it. Is that, is that we, don't, we don't know that the math is different and we don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. I mean, one thing to worry about this Eagles team, though, is Reed Blankenship getting hurt. Like, we already have CJ Gardner Johnson on IR. He's going to be gone for at least two more weeks. And now we're left with Kayvon Wallace, played at Clemson. He's not great. He moved mm. down in the depth chart after Reed Blankenship, uh, you know, was on the active roster. So, there's going to be some like issues that they have to figure out on the back end of that that defense, and you know I think they'll they'll be able to figure it out. They'll be able to survive. They're not playing too many tough teams to to close out the season here, but that is something to look at. And we like the Eagles will need CJ Gardner Johnson to come back as soon as possible now that uh, Reed Blankenship is hurt. I mean, the the other thing too is like just looking at the NFC and the playoffs, and not to go back in the playoff picture, but like if the Eagles get a lead on somebody, I, I know we've seen a couple teams come back on them, but they're so physical and downhill with the way that they run. And then even if you start creeping in and trying to like load the box up top to uh, AJ Brown, I thought Devonta Smith looked fantastic today too. I mean, he's, he's, he's somebody who you could see really kind of ramp up uh, into the postseason. Like who scares you? San Francisco is the only answer. I think in terms of a defensive team that might scare you slowing down the Eagles and forcing them to do things a little differently than they want. Like, Again, no offense to Minnesota, but I don't think they're slowing down Philly's run game. They've given up 400-plus yards in the last five games. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, Dallas is, has a good pass rush, but I think you can run on them. Washington, New York, nobody's worried about them. And Seattle and Detroit, like, if Philly's humming on offense, San Francisco looks like the only team other than uh, – Defensively, I agree with that. But I think if Jared Goff goes into Philadelphia, he's throwing for eight touchdowns, and that's a wrap. In- so mark it down, Billy. You go, but you about to get golfed. You heard me. Stop, silly goose. I got one more winner, Billy. JG. Actually, I'll tell you what. Uh, Wilson can go ahead, and I'll, I'll, I'll circle back. My last one can be. Uh, okay, uh, my winner. I mentioned the Bills front four. They did a great job. I'm going to say Keenan Allen because he's been up and down this year with the injuries. They have not been um, 100% offensively. The offensive line has been ravaged by injuries. Justin Herbert's been running for his life. Even tonight, he was sacked four times, uh, but he was making plays with his legs off-platform, crazy throws, all accurate. But Keenan Allen came back, 12 catches, 92 yards, and I think the addition of him and and Mike Williams, who doesn't yet look to be 100%, is a huge development because Josh Palmer was having to do the heavy lifting before, and while Josh Palmer's good, he's not a number one. He's a number 2.5 or number three. So I think getting that crew back together, starting with Keenan Allen, is is so important to the Chargers not charging up down the stretch breach. So I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. Uh, another winner for me is also a fun fact. It is the winner, Mr. Irrelevance. Uh, and the fun Irrelevant fact T, not C-E. is that 
the 49ers Buccaneers game was the first one in NFL history where two different Mr. Irrelevant draft picks scored go. in the same game. Wait, who was wait was it was it the was it a kicker? Ryan Suckup kicked wow. an extra point for the Buccaneers and Brock Purdy had a touchdown run for the 49ers. Is a fun so pack. it finally happened. We waited all these years <laughs> and we saw two different Mr. Relevant draft that's like, picks. That's like, uh, I was called, I was called you Zeke. Jesus. Uh, that's like breach fun fact porn right there. It's like kicker. Relevant. Subset of that. Uh, I got, by the way, I got Domino's as, as a winner. Shout out Domino's for right. Domino's pizza. Yeah. Did you sponsor the podcast? No, but you see the note I got on my the pizza I ordered today it was yeah, made my day. Um, as as my buddy Jake immediately texted on this thread, he goes, "That's a weird thing to write on a pizza box and text to your friends." <laughs> and then and then put it in the group chat and then bring it up on your podcast. Boom, roasted. Just give it Domino's and their flowers, as the kids say. No cap. Did I do that right. <laughs> um. We got a big list. Do we? Is there anybody else we want to cover? Because I feel like we've, um, have we missed any games? I realize there's some pushback in the chat apparently on the formatting change. No, we just, I mean it's been an hour ten. We don't need to go through uh, some of the dog duty games. We talked about the Texans game. What else do you want? Oh, corporate. Talk to corporate, bro. Um, I went one more loser for me, and that way I'll even out two and two. Zach Wilson. He was inactive for this game. Breach and Brinson. If he had been active, he may have had a chance to play. When Joe Flacco came in and, and fumbled the ball a couple of times, I feel like uh, Zach Wilson is uh, on the. I don't want to say Baker Mayfield path because Baker Mayfield started for several years. He's on the path of a quarterback who's about to be a backup. Oh, I'm telling you, man, Mike White is legit. No, 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 I know. I was saying I don't think the Baker Mayfield thing is like that. No, he like last year he was starting and they played it when he was injured and his arm fell off. And Baker, you know, Baker had two and a half good years. Zach Wilson had. Four games, basically. I mean, last year was, Baker a, was like one good. Anyway, I think the. My yeah. point is that Zach Wilson, if he had even been active today, he would have gotten some some reps. Now, the weather was crazy, so maybe that doesn't help his case. But I, I think his, his days are numbered in New York. Well, I, I I still think that we might be in the I hit the over on this Zach Wilson half a start or more down the stretch because Mike White had to go to the hospital after coming back. Everybody, shout out to Mike White for being a warrior. Um, he got and, a couple car crashes in that game, and like taking some monster shots from Bills players. Uh, I think I think it's worth noting. I don't I don't want to call. I mean, I guess I listened to him as a loser. I don't I don't think he's like a huge. I hate the the, the winners losers thing is tough, but it's like I think Geno Smith probably had one of his worst games of the year. He did. No, I, he was on my list of losers. He had two okay. interceptions that that can't happen. He made a couple great touchdown throws, but you got to help that defense out because the defense isn't that good. Even yep. against the Panthers, he ran up uh, up and down the street on him. So you, you you have to beat the Panthers at home in Week 14 when you are seven and five, and Carolina is four and eight. Now, like I mean, technically, like Carolina is kind of live to steal the Seahawks wild card spot breach. No, they went no. out. They won the division. Yeah, they're 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 if they're getting in, it's as the four seed. They're not getting in as a wild card. Carolina, there's no way. I mean, there's definitely a path. I mean, that path. They're five and eight, Brinson. If they win out, they're nine and eight. The Seahawks have to go two and two to get to nine and eight. The Seahawks have to play the 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. Yeah. And if they go nine and eight, the Seahawks aren't even in the playoffs right now. They're the eight seed. So they wouldn't even be stealing their spot. Yeah. Right, <laughs> okay. I guess too much dominoes. 
Uh, you know what? No, I'm just saying, if you look at the teams that are fighting for these spots, it's Washington, the Giants, the Seahawks, and the Lions. Like, but Breach's point is that the the path for the Panthers, the easiest path, is just to win out. Right, yeah. is to win the division because then you don't have to rely on anybody. Else. Be able to- and, and, the, and the Panthers and the Bucks have to play each other, so I don't know if there's a path for both of them to pull that off. Uh, I think we also needed. Does anybody else have a? Any- I have one more loser, and I'm glad that I'm bringing it up because I noticed the commenters are going to be excited about it. It is Deshaun Watson. There we go. There Look, that's where I was. This gonna- guy has played two full games. He has led the Browns to one offensive touchdown in those two games. The Browns have arguably, not even arguably, have looked worse as an offense with Deshaun Watson versus what they looked like with Jacoby Brissett. And also, we got to see Jacoby Brissett today because for some reason, Kevin Stefanski decided to put Brissett in on a fourth and one. Well, that uh, part makes sense because he's great at fourth and ones. Well, it didn't make sense. He sneaks. He's not great at throwing Hail Marys (laughs) into the end zone on fourth and one. I don't know what you're doing there. And so, I mean, look, last week against the Texans, it was, all right, this guy hasn't played in 700 days. There's obviously going to be some rust. This week, like, how many weeks does he get before you're like, maybe it's not rust, and uh, yeah. maybe, we just, maybe we just set $230 million on fire? I think, I, I, think I mean, look, I, I don't want to defend Deshaun Watson, do it. What well, no, and I then Billy clip it and put it on the internet. Well, mm-hmm. I think that I think that the way that <laughs> no, please do not do him, I'm gonna stop defending him. I just think that the way that this season played out for the Browns, you know, and, and you look at how like. They had the the loss to Flacco. Was that was that week one? Mm. Week, week two, two the Jets. Yeah. Week two, the, yeah, week two Flacco, the Jets. That crazy loss they shouldn't have lost. Um, they they could have lost to the Panthers in week one. That's right. Um, they lose to the Chargers by two points. They lose to the Falcons by three points. You know they lose to the Ravens by three, and the like the Bucks. They win as a one score. It, but point being is that they just they needed to get like two. I, it would be interesting if they'd won two of those games, like if they'd stolen one, like two of those one score games and came into this, like the, the Deshaun is eligible to return as like an actual playoff contender. And then they look the way they've looked the last two weeks, because then there might be like an actual outcry of people saying, why aren't you playing Jacoby Brissett and trying to make the playoffs now? To your point, Wilson, obviously, I'm an idiot for suggesting that they would just sit Deshaun. That's it, my the only thing I'll say on that is if you want Deshaun not to play, you tell the NFL just to spend him the whole year and you don't have to go through all this stuff. Yeah, that's he saves some cash. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, yeah, I, I think I just I would I think it's important that he gets these reps yes. because he, he clearly needs them and he improved from last week to this week. But man, like, I would Did he? just be. I, thought he I mean, he did a little bit, but he still threw an ugly interception. Ugly. He was very inaccurate, and he was slow with his decision-making, which are all, like, huge Red strikes flag. with quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, This is a guy who, let, let's, I mean, you don't want to put the off-field stuff aside, but it's like, just, he has been very, very good on the football field for stretches. Now, he definitely has, he had flaws when he was playing regularly and when he came into, when he came into the NFL, but he's an electric player. He hasn't looked like that. 700 days is a long time not to play football. If you've been yeah. playing football, no, you're absolutely. Life. And that's that's why I said I'm not saying this guy's a failure. I'm saying, is there a point where you'd be concerned? If he's, if we're talking about this four games in and he still looks 
rusty, uh, you know, like when is oh, if I'm if I'm to be just on, on, you I'm need to see him weaker than because I I do agree he was obviously better than he was against the Texans, but you know, the Browns were in not, maybe not in the playoff hunt, but they were alive two Absolutely. weeks ago, and they scored ten points, and they would have scored what um, six points. Or not for three defensive and, and special team touchdowns against the Texans. Like, if I'm Jimmy Haslam, I'm not hosting a podcast. I'm sitting in my, you know, swanky Tennessee, Cleveland house, drinking whatever billionaires drink. Of course. Cussing I, out, cussing out this contract that somebody convinced me to give to Sean Watson and kind of freaking out tonight. But well, here's I, the thing Breach mentions is he going to get better? Yeah, he'll probably get better. But for that sort of money, you're, I'm not even joking. You're looking for Mahomes and Josh Allen. He is much closer to Brock Purdy, and that's being disrespectful to Brock Purdy. Well, and again, this is sort of, this is sort of the point I was trying to make about, and we, we can wrap up the Sean thing and get out of here. But like, there, there's a there's a, there's significant risk here with playing a guy who is very rusty, who clearly is not, you know, in football, in mental football mode, or really physical football mode, over the next four weeks. Like, if he tears his ACL. In the next four weeks, you were losing him for almost like three quarters minimum of yeah, the. You can't. I, you had me the first half. The second half, I mean, he's not out there playing. He's just playing football, so you can't do anything about getting injured. Right, but he hadn't played football in seven hundred days. What if he tears ACL in week one next year? I mean, that's the same conversation. You, you got to play. Now, if you're afraid of the mental but stuff, you don't and, have to play this year because your team stinks and you're not in the playoff hunt. But then he's going to go seven hundred and eighty-five days. I, I know play. it's a very. It's a. It's not an easy. Yeah, just put him out there. Whatever okay. happens, happens. Uh, if he gets hurt and it's a significant injury, people will get fired over it. That's all I'm saying. No, they're going to get fired anyway, probably. So you might as well. I, I don't think fire Stefanski. You do? He He's not the one that signed the, the quarterback. Fire Stefanski would be very surprising. Well, we had, um, Sully and I had, uh, um, uh, our, oh my God, uh, Ken Carmen, our boy. We love Ken Carmen. Sorry. Blacked out for a second on on Cleveland radio host at ninety two three the fan. King Carmen, listen to the show. Love King Carmen, friend of the show now, friend of the pod. On he was like, nah. He's like, fans are freaking on Stefanski, but in in his opinion, and he knows the team very well. Mm-hmm. Ownership is not concerned about Stefanski. He understands that this is a very unusual set of circumstances. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to disagree with King Carmen's take? I mostly? haven't yet. I said to you as you continued your thought that. Kevin Savansky wasn't the one who signed the quarterback. Sure. That's the general manager. Okay. So you want to fire a general manager? You love firing people. No, I don't. I'm just saying this isn't working out and it's costing a lot of money. And you said this, in Slack earlier you wanted to fire Breach. I don't have the power to what else? What did I do to you? That's that just Breach, Breach, be honest. That's the white man trying to divide us. Don't let him do it. Whoa. Oh, Roast it. <laughs> okay. Uh, is there anything from. Week 14 that we somehow didn't cover. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, the Giants are, I think they're playing yeah. to who that we thought they were. Oh, so. actually, God, the Giants are a playoff team right now. They don't feel they're like They're in the playoffs. And that tie, as Breach noted several weeks ago, is going to play, play in their favor, it feels like. But, um, you know, Dale, things got so out of hand in terms of how bad the Eagles beat them that they brought in Tyra Taylor. And Daniel Jones is actually, he's held his own. I think it's going to be interesting to see what his contract situation is after the year. But that, that's... I'll say about that. I'm going to lead into um, a deep rabbit hole in the Giants. No, 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 not at all. I would just point out that, again, the I, I noted this before, but the circumstances surrounding the 2022 Giants remind me a lot of 
the 2017 Buffalo Bills. Also quarterbacked by Tyrod Taylor. You have Brian Dable. You have all these guys from you have all these guys from Buffalo who are running New York. And the, the Bills made the playoffs. I remember that was the Peterman year. The Bills made the playoffs at like nine and seven, I think. Um, they lost. They somehow just eked out all these wins late in the year. Um and it snuck into the playoffs. It got smoked. Actually, no, it was 10 to 3. They lost to the Jaguars in the wildcard round. Point being is that, like, I think it's a no matter what happens to the Giants the rest of the year, you have to feel good about where you stand as an organization. And that's more important than if you go win a playoff game. No, they made the right call in terms of who their coaches. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Wilson, for Breach, I'm Brinson. See you guys later. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.